Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1904. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Olympia, Washington, which is just down the road from Gig Harbor here with a longtime friend of mine, a Cap Caputo. Cap, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear? And are you ready to release the clutch? <laughs> Thanks, Mark. You know, it's good to be here. I love the opportunity to be on your show. I know we've been trying to do this for quite a while now and finally made it happen. Yeah. See, I'm very persistent. I don't give up. I'm like a bulldog. You know, I just latch on. <laughs> I'm excited to have you on the show today because for you listeners, I've known Cap for a long time and we'll talk more about the details of that, but he's going through a transition at a point in his life where he's looking for a new career path. And I said, Cap, he called me and we talked on the phone last week. I said, we should have you on the show because you're very typical of a lot of listeners who've been on Cars Yeah, who are looking to make a career change later in life. I'm not going to call you old because you and I are about the same age. So we're quite young men, uh, at least in spirit. And uh, I wanted to have him on the show to kind of have you listeners hear somebody who's been doing something for 30 plus years and said, you know what? Time for a change. Time to do something that wraps my passion even more into my career. So we're going to be talking about that. But before I give you an introduction here, Cap, tell me one little thing that maybe I and most people don't know about you. Oh, okay. I'm going to tell you two things. Okay. I'm going to, first, I'm going to tell you what people don't know about me. And I'm going to tell you something that probably figured out already. Okay. Uh, first, my wife and I had eight children. Yeah. And in this day and age, that's considered a large family. Yes. Typically, when I tell people that, they... They'll ask me, are you a Catholic or a Mormon? And the answer is neither. We just uh, enjoyed having a large family. My oldest is 34. My youngest is 21. I still have three at home. And we love them. There's no hurry for them to leave. We have four granddaughters. And my wife's told me, I've always wanted to sound a little feet in the house. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I first met Cap and he told me that, I went, whoa, uh, how come you have such a big smile on your face all the time then? And uh, of course, I said that facetiously, but there's your answer. He loves the sound of little feet in his house. And he's had a few of those. What's the other thing? Oh, OK. Um, well, you, your listeners have probably picked up by now that they can tell I'm not from Washington. Yeah, you have a little bit of an accent going there. <laughs> That's true. My wife and I are originally from central Massachusetts. And uh, yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you the secret to speak like someone from Massachusetts. Okay. If the word ends with an A, yep. don't say it. Use an R instead. Uh, for example, I drive a Toyota. <laughs> Toyota. <laughs> if, if the word ends with an R, don't say it. Substitute an A. Uh, a good example would be, I drink water from a bubbler. <laughs> bubbler. <laughs> so where I come from, we'll, we say we park the car in Harvard Yard, pay a quarter for water and vacation in Bahama, Maine. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, I've got a, a past guest, Joe Pepitone, uh, who I just talked to on the phone last week, become friends with him. He was a cartoonist for many, many years, like drawing the Archie comics. Remember those when we were yes. kids and so forth? 
same accent. And I just laugh when I talk to him because it sounds so funny. But uh, yeah, I, I've known Cap, like I said, a long time. And there's always that little bit of that accent that kind of comes through. <laughs> but the thing about Cap you'll learn as we talk today is the perpetual smile and the laugh in his voice because he's one of the most optimistic, happy people I've ever met. I don't think I've ever seen Cap in a bad mood. Now, maybe if I ask his kids, they might get a different <laughs> answer. But you know, different relationship, but uh, that's cool. Well, let me give you a proper introduction, and we're going to dive into this uh, big change that you're making, and I'm really, really proud of you. It's a brave move, and I think it's a pretty cool thing. Lance, his real name, Cap Caputo, everybody knows him as Cap, has spent 30 years helping individuals and business owners using his skills in automotive reconditioning, his solid knowledge base of vintage vehicles and modern motor car finishes, along with his strong customer-oriented service skills and that smile, has brought a smile and a sigh of relief to hundreds of customers and longtime clients. And I'm really honored to say I'm a friend of Cap's and I'm a longtime customer who has helped me for over 20 years with my beloved cars when maybe I do something a little silly or uh, wrong with them. Let's just put it that way. He's also been an integral uh, in all the aspects of business development and operations in a variety of careers. Today, he is sharing his story, but more importantly, his goals to create a new chapter in his career, his life around vintage automobiles. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our valued sponsor, so give them a little love. We're with Cap Caputo today. We will be right back. Did you know the most damaging thing to your vehicle's interior is the sun? Harsh UV rays damage your interior over time, cracking the dash, fading colors, and the heat makes getting into your favorite ride downright unbearable. My friends at Covercraft have the perfect solution for you and me. Their quality-made sunscreens are easy to use, take seconds to install and to remove, and they protect your vehicles while parked in the sun if using a cover isn't a good option. I have one for every one of my cars. They come in a variety of colors and options and their accordion design makes unfolding and folding them up for storage as cool as the summer breeze. Your sunscreen comes custom tailored for your special vehicles and manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. Here at Cars Yeah, I've got a savings just for you. Use the code YEAH21, that's Y-E-A-H, Two one at Covercraft.com and they'll give you 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Simply use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates by a lot. But why? My usage was the same, my car's value was the same, and I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. The only change was their rate, and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options, I spoke to others, and with American Collectors Insurance is where I now have my policy. What a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush, and provided a reasonable quote. American Collectors Insurance now protects my special ride. I'm saving hundreds of dollars and I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine. Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. 
All right, Cap, we are back. So I want to dive a little deeper into your career and your background. Uh, Share with the listeners today more of what you were doing. You know, when I gave your introduction, we talked about automotive reconditioning. Uh, You're the guy that shows up when all of us have had a little scuffle with something. Maybe it's a a edge of a garage door like I did once, Uh, a curb once or twice or three times maybe, Uh, or in the case of my son who was uh, learning to detail cars and uh, actually put a dent in the hood of a car and you came and saved the day so that that customer didn't have a coronary. Uh, So kind of, yeah, you remember that. So kind of walk us through your career path and then we're going to go a little deeper into where you may want to be heading because you're looking for a change in your life. So uh, take it away. Sure. Well, I guess the good place to start would be at the beginning. I picked up my master's, uh, bachelor's degree, excuse me, from the University of Massachusetts. And then I followed the advice of Horace Greeley and came out to Washington. Horace told me to go west, young man, go west and grow up with the country. So I came out here and I picked up my master's degree in urban and regional planning. And then I worked for a local government, then state government for a number of years. And in the mid to late 80s, my uh, close friends started a, a reconditioning business. And they would go around to the dealerships, putting stripes and moldings on cars. And then they would uh, repair leather seats, vinyl seats. And then they branched out into uh, putting sunroofs in vehicles, which is a high risk, yeah, uh, no high kidding. liability issue there. Yeah. About that time, in 91, I decided to take a sabbatical from my career and uh, join the company. I was fully intended to go back to work uh, in the public sector. But before I realized it, seven to 10 years had passed. And I was, oh, my gosh, beyond the point of no return. So I, I, I stuck it out for 30 years. And what we did is we were a mobile automotive reconditioning company that served Oh, the greater Puget Sound or Western Washington region. And we had four areas of expertise. We provided our customers with painless dent repair, uh, paint repair, uh, key scratches, damaged bumpers. We could repair and refinish them. Aluminum alloy wheel repair, and as well as interiors, leather, plastic, vinyl repairs. And our customers are comprised mostly of uh, automobile dealerships, insurance companies, fleets, public and private fleets of state patrol, local fire districts. Auto service providers such as glass and stereo shops and retail customers. And what I was really interested in, specialty car owners, vintage car owners. I'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, as a company, we stress several things. Our core values, I guess you could say, was communication between us as a group, becoming team members, um, sales. We were all integrally involved with sales product and technique development. Our company was on the leading edge of what we do. We could say a, a silver Porsche 911 had a dent or a scratch in the middle of the door and required some paint repair. We developed techniques whereby we could refinish just the damaged area, the immediate area only, without having to repaint the whole side of the car or the whole panel. And uh, lifetime warranty offered on it. We used, uh, we guaranteed factory finished paint appearance. And the products we use, we think they're the best European paint systems on the, on the market. We were always pushing for increasing quality standards across the country. So every technician was cross-trained and all the new technicians were cross-trained with everybody else. So that we all maintain the same level of service in terms of quality. And then another emphasis of for our company was safety. We spent a lot of time on the road since we were a mobile 
company. So we driver safety, uh, safety issues when it comes to actually spraying the, the paint. So that gives you a little idea of what we do. We're extremely busy, and there's a such a tremendous demand for our services. We can't keep up with it. Yeah, it's tremendous. And I, I've had over the years, you know, I was thinking back the other day, I believe I met you very shortly after I moved here, and I've been here 27 plus years. So I believe we've known each other for probably 25 years, and you've helped me not only with uh, old collector cars I've had. Uh, I'll name one. I used to have a, a 1972 911S that I bought from a friend. Well, he had it parked in his garage most of the time, and his kids and wife would open their door into the side of this car. And, you know, it was a beautiful, yes. all-original paint car. I mean, this is like a little gem. And when I got it, you look down the side, and it was white. So white hides a lot of imperfections until the light hits it just right. right. And I remember I called you and I said, can you help? This car is all original. I don't want to repaint it because there's the value in the car, which came up much later because when I bought the car, it was relatively inexpensive. When I sold it 15 years later, it was you put my son through the next three, the last three years of a very private East Coast college. So, you know, but what Cap did is he came in and he corrected that with uh, paintless dent removal. But you've also helped me with other cars where I've done silly things or people have done things to my car and I didn't want to take it to an auto body shop and uh, you've helped me. So that whole career was very fulfilling for you, right? I mean, you really enjoyed it because every time you'd come to work on cars and I recommended a lot of people to you that always would call me and go, man, that was the nicest guy. And I can't believe the work that he did. Uh, you brought a lot of smiles, as I said in your intro, to a lot of faces. Oh, yes. Thank you for the compliments. Yeah, I really did enjoy it. Very satisfying for several aspects. One, I told you my background, my educational background and professional background before I started working in this field to show you that I knew nothing of how to do this. I, I sat behind a desk. I was a bureaucrat. Yeah. So I had to learn how to work with my hands and my, my coworkers were very, very good at teaching us the trade. And none of us knew this trade at all. We were pretty much all self-taught. Mm -hmm. And then we, we cross-trained each other. So it, it, to me, I get a great sense of satisfaction from doing a job and doing it well. We have a saying in our company, our best work goes unnoticed, and mm. it should. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the advantages that you alluded to of what our services provide is that we maintain the integrity of the factory finish. And hence, depending on the car, the value of the vehicle. And another aspect that I really enjoyed was seeing the smile on the customer's face when it was done. Oh, yeah. And when, when they smile, they say, thank you. They give you the check. Then they ask you, if you can, can you do this also? You know you serve them. Well, so yeah. That was, that was very satisfying to me. Oh, I, yeah. I enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful. Well, you know. Let's fast forward because you're at a point in your life now where you want to make a change. You've done this for 30 years. Time to do something different. Time to move on. Time to get excited about something new. I know you want to still be involved with cars. And when Cap called me and he said, hey, look, I want to do a change. I want to do something different. I'm not quite sure what this might be. I introduced you to a couple people, and one of the people I introduced you to that you ended up having a great conversation with, he was on the road on his way to Indy to Luftekult and a Porsche Experience Center at the Indy 500 was Ramsey Potts. Now, Ramsey's been a guest to my show. You listeners will remember he's with RM Sotheby's. Here's a guy who was listening to my show every morning, was working in a different career path, not happy, wanted to make a change, and uh, bless his wife, she said, Ramsey, listen to Mark Green and all of his guests. Go do what they're doing. Do something in cars. So uh, I'd love for you to mention a little bit about your talk with Ramsey because 
networking in the car industry, we all share each other's passion. We know each other. And he was the first person of many I'm going to be introducing you to, to help you along your path to find this new career path. And I'm going to be asking about what I think that might be, but tell me a little bit about your talk with Ramsey because he's such an awesome guy. Oh, you know, my, my first impression was him like, wow, this guy's full of energy. He's so optimistic. His attitude was oh, yeah. amazing. It was, it was contagious. And when I spoke with him, I told him you had given me his name and number and you you could possibly help me, give me some direction and listen to me. He, he said, of course, whatever it takes, I am more than willing to help you. And uh, he listened to what I, what I had done, what I wanted. And he, he said, my gosh, a guy with your experience, your knowledge, your the area you're interested in, it's wide open for you, what, what you want to do. So he was so helpful for me. And just, just his enthusiasm gave me a big boost. Because I had just, as of last week, I had just resigned from working with my, my previous employer, my company, my, my good friends. I, I had to leave because it's a young man's game. It, it's, it takes a toll on your body, my back, my knees, my shoulder. I've always been up and down, bending, contorting myself. It, it's hard. And uh, my son's doing it now. I keep telling him, slow down. There's nothing to prove. You don't want to hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah. But Ramsey totally understood uh, he, he knew the, the mental processes one would go through when contemplating a career change. And, but it's not a complete career change. It, it's, it's, I, I still want to stay in the automotive industry, like you mentioned, but in a, in a different facet. And w- what I mentioned to Ramsey was my area of interest, which you helped me fine tune when I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You asked me, well, what is it you're passionate about? What do you want to do? And I, Initially, you go, oh, gee, I don't know. I haven't thought that much about it. And then you asked the, the most wonderful question I've heard in a long time. He said, if you go into a grocery store, you look at the magazine rack. What's the first magazine you look at? Yep. And I knew right away, I go pick up the magazine about the classic cars. That's what I fell in love with. And through the years, the 30 years I was in the industry, I developed a significant clientele base who owned, collected, maintained, operated, traded, sold, bought vintage cars. Mm-hmm. And I, I just fell in love with them. And uh, in my area that I really liked was pre-war cars. And uh, I, I mentioned that to Ramsey. He says, oh, my gosh. He goes, do you know uh, the people who are knowledgeable about that era of cars are dying off? There are fewer and fewer of them. Yeah. You're gaining a knowledge and experience base, which very few people have, but people want and they need. So I was extremely encouraged from talking to him. And we're going to continue the conversation with him, he and I. So if if I can, what I'm looking for is um, to continue in the industry, but providing services to car collectors, whether they be individuals or museums, either end of the spectrum, who need help managing their vehicles uh, with restoration efforts, conducting researches, matching buyers to sellers, assisting them running cars through auctions. It's it's pretty unlimited, really, what's available. But it's the collector cars that are really interested in. And and not everybody has the experience or the knowledge, the know-how, how to take care of it, how to, how to deal with that industry, especially the, the pre-war cars. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm looking at opportunities where I can provide my services to them. 
Exactly. Well, and this is part of why I wanted to have Cap on the show. One was to make listeners aware that Cap exists, number one, because I'm all about trying to help people. And all the guests that I've had on my show have careers in the automotive sector. And the inspiring automotive enthusiast trademarked mantra for Cars Yeah is just that, talking to inspiring people so that we can inspire others who are looking at ways to change their life and work in their field of passion because life's too short to go to a boring job. Just to quote that saying, life's too short to drive a boring car. So <laughs> it's, it's the same kind of thing. So uh, one of the ways that that I'm going to further help you is introducing you to more people. Now, we have a museum between you and I. Literally, you have to drive by it when I come down to Olympia to visit you and vice versa when you come up to Gig Harbor to visit me. And that's LeMay. So I'm going to be introducing you to some great new people there. They have a new uh, head of director of the museum, Tabitha, who I'm going to have back on the show. She's been a guest on my show. She worked, used to work in another uh, company. And also Brad Phillips, who's brand new. Uh, just had a meal with him a few weeks ago. He and his family are moving out here from Maryland. They don't talk as funny as you people from Massachusetts. <laughs> but uh, uh, they do have a little bit of a funny accent, but don't tell Brad I said that. But, uh, but introducing you to other people, you can start to explore all these different opportunities. And of course, up here in the Pacific Northwest, there's some great collectors of cars yes. as well. You know, part of finding a, a path in life, whether you're young or in a middle midlife crisis or later in life, redirect, if you will, is a mentor, an influential person in your life. Can you share with me maybe somebody that was uh, highly influential and helpful to you? Yes. In fact, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, there's two parts to that answer. The first one, and, and it's, it's probably a little out of the ordinary, uh, but it, it has to be, it, it was my pastor in my church. And he has an amazing relationship with our Heavenly Father and quite an interesting walk with Jesus which is great and which I really need, but he also offered something else that was completely different that you don't see in pastors. He was an extremely successful businessman prior to becoming a pastor. And uh, he equipped men, and including myself, in how to succeed in business. And uh, he, he, he lives a lifestyle where he's continually giving. Now, he's in his 80s now. Wow. He hasn't slowed down at all. And he's always giving away what he learned. Do this. Try this. It, 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 his whole emphasis has been learn how to serve your customers. Mm. You serve your customers, you'll always have customers. So having said that, now the second half of that question is mentors and those who, who help and give us give me guidance. I can say it's the friends in the company that I've worked with. An amazing group of guys. We're, we're all close friends. Our wives, our children, they all know each other. We hang out a lot. Sometimes we go on vacations together. Mm -hmm. um, None of us is as smart as all of us, as the saying goes. And there's a wealth of wisdom, creativity, and encouragement being with people who are like-minded, all doing one thing. So that's where the technical aspect came in, learning how to work with your hands, uh, learning how to speak with customers, learning what is quality, what is not quality, having a more critical eye than the customer would. So those two facets have really changed my life. So the pastor and the group of guys I work with. And I've been very fortunate, very blessed to have them in my life. Oh, absolutely. You know, you touched on one thing, and that is communication. And uh, as I mentioned, I've known you, Cap, for over 25 years now. And one of the things I've always said to other people about you is that he's always such a great guy. And somebody asked me years ago, why? What makes him so great? And, and I said, 
Well, that's a great question. He's always upbeat. He's always positive, always has a smile. But the key thing is he listens. And that's one of the things that you're great at, Cap, is listening to people intensely. And I will tell you this, I've never told you to your face, I don't think I have, I should have, is that you've helped me be a better listener because listening to people is a key to communication success. And I believe that's been a great key to your success and probably what this pastor of yours taught you because pastors who are great pastors are good listeners because when you listen, you learn and then you can help. Uh, What always comes to mind is a a lady I worked with when I first got out of college. She was in a business I joined and she would never stop talking. And (laughs) one, one day I finally just said, would you just stop talking for a moment? I'm trying to explain something to you. She goes, oh, I can talk and listen at the same time. (laughs) No, that's not possible, is it? No, it's not. Now, thank you for the compliment. But being able to listen, it was something that was instilled in me by my pastor and by my friends. Because naturally, we don't do that. We naturally listen with an intent to speak, to yes. respond. Whereas yes. we're listening, we're formulating a response. We're really not paying attention to what the customer is saying. And your customer's message to you is always, I am first. So communicating is mostly listening to what customers really saying, determining what they really want, and then finding a way to supply that. So, and yes, thank you. Listening is so important, but I, it's something I had to learn. And unfortunately, you learn it the hard way sometimes. <laughs> the hard way. Yeah, the hard way. Yeah, that's right. I think, I think that's the hard way. Yeah, hard way. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Thanks for letting me pick on you. We're going to take a short break. I'll come back. I want to talk about a big challenge because we learn a lot from these things in life. So sit tight. We'll be right back. How did you discover your path to a fulfilling life? Too many young people flounder in finding an education and a career that fits. But for those who have a passion for cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and who love working with their hands, problem solving, and fixing things, a career as a professional auto technician is incredibly rewarding. Cars yeah is pleased to team up with TechForce Foundation, our charity of choice, in bringing scholarships technical education, and hands-on experience to young people so they can discover a possible future. Join me and lend your support by visiting techforce.org today. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARS yeah when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So, Cap, let's talk about a big obstacle, big challenge, even a big failure you had to hit head on. I want to learn from you what was the lesson learned, how you overcame it so you came out in a positive way. Because no doubt, 
you've run up against a few of these. It could be even a project you're working on with a car once in a while. There's a few of those, or it could be a major life lesson. Share one with us, would you? Ah, uh, sure. Uh, yeah, there, there's always the job you go, what am I doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. It doesn't turn out well. And there are a lot, for, fortunately, there are a lot of other jobs you go, yes, it's turned out so nice, it's beautiful. But we're getting personal now, yep. which is good. Okay. Uh, a huge challenge for me was overcoming, I don't know if I ever told you this, uh, it's kind of almost embarrassing, but was overcoming colorblindness. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, okay, no, you never told me this. Uh, I was working on your BMW. <laughs> uh, yeah. See, see, luckily, I've never had, I've never had to have any work done on my orange crush, uh, the Porsche. But that color could be a problem. Overcoming col- color blindness. What? It's true. And that's the death knell for a painter. Um, imagine trying to tint colors or mix colors by eye if you're colorblind. It's difficult. Well, Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> 50% of males have some degree of colorblindness. It's very rare in females. I am not totally colorblind. I have a slight deficiency on the red-brown end of the spectrum. So how do I overcome it? Well, once I realized... I had a problem with it. You take those tests, you get to read the number inside these different color circles. Well, there was always one or two I couldn't read. That's how I knew I was colorblind. Again, the people I work with are so great. They taught me to see colors that I couldn't see. How how do you do that? Well, for this for example, say I'm re-dyeing a leather seat for a customer. And it's got some red in it. And I have typically seen degrees of red. I would get it as close as I can. Then my partners would tell me, add a couple drops of red. Add a couple drops of red, and you dial the color in. So they labored to teach me this. I learned how to listen to what they were saying. I just did what they told me to, and it worked. Again, just listen. Yeah, just listen, yeah. So I I had to overcome uh, that deficiency in my uh, red and browns and uh, and that's how I did it. I, I got help with my friends. Now, on a side note, as I said earlier, that colorblindness is very rare in females. That's why major paint manufacturers, they hire females to mix and match colors. Um, they're, they're the best at it in the world. My youngest daughter has the same color deficiency that I do. Oh, wow. Thanks a lot, Dad. <laughs> wow. It's strange. It's really strange. Yeah. Well, all those DNA curvatures, you know, there's all those little <laughs> dots, points of light in there. So, well, well, that's very interesting. But you know what? There's a way to overcome these things. Yeah. And uh, no matter what you might be facing in your life, I've certainly had a lot of interesting stories and answers to that question. You know, I've asked people about bucket list. You've touched on it before, but I want to touch on it again. And we may be a little bit too early in this search process for you. But when you think of where you'd like to see yourself, let's say one year from now, do you have a little bit of a better vision? Maybe the color's a little off. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But a little better vision for where you see yourself in a year, what you would like to be doing. Oh, yes. Um, Definitely would like to be uh, serving customers with their uh, car collections. I don't know exactly how that's going to happen, but that's what I'm going to be doing a year from now. That's, I hope to be doing that very soon. That, that's my goal. Um, it's That still needs to be defined and how it's going to work out, but uh, I'm getting a lot of help, so I, I can't fail. There you go. There you go. I can't <laughs> yeah. fail. Th- you those know, <laughs> it, 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 like, 
You know, we all have these aha moments in our lives. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I want to tell you what my first aha moment was. About 15 years ago, maybe a little more, a customer from Kirkland contacted me and said, hey, you know, I just received this 1920-something Rolls-Royce Phantom from my father-in-law. It's a really nice car. And then we got the uh, Carillon Point Concourse Show coming up next week. And I want to enter it in the car show. I need you to come up and take care of some of the paint issues with it. So we came up there, looked at it. And I remember looking at this car, thinking, my gosh, what a thing of beauty. Style, the lines. Um, I instantly fell in love with these vintage cars. And at that point, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, nice. and, and this particular car was built. It had a wood frame on it, and the nail heads were rusting. It was it was coming through the paint, so I had to refinish these areas. But it, that was the time I knew um, what I what I was passionate about. So for the next fifteen years or so of my career with my previous employer, that's what I geared into identifying and serving those customers who own these unique cars. That was the old Kirkland Concours that used to happen up at Carillon Point, right? Yes, that's that's what it was called, yes. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't happen anymore. They just had a, uh, the, our local Porsche club just had a uh, Porsche Grand display this past weekend up at that same location. Uh, but that was a unique car show because it was in a parking lot, which yes. mo- normally sounds like yuck. But the way it's terraced and it's overlooking Lake Washington, quite beautiful. And uh, yeah, it's a great show. So uh, do you remember what kind of car that was that you were... It was a 1920-something Rolls-Royce Phantom. Oh, gosh. Okay. Nice car. Beautiful car. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about a special car in your life. Now, this could be a car you've had. could be a car you worked on, maybe. Uh, whatever. What is that? Okay. This, yeah, this is a little different story, too. You know, most people say, well, I, I used to have this 1955 Chevy or something like 68 Chevelle that I really like. A couple of years, seven years ago, when my wife's uncle passed away, and he had a lot of cars that he never maintained. He had this one car. It was a 1986 Johnson Presidential, which most people have never heard of. It, it, it was a what they call one of the neoclassical cars, kind of built like uh, the Excalibur type. And my father-in-law was the executive of the state and said, hey, you know, uncle dies with all these cars. We'll give you first choice, whatever you want. <clears throat> so my... my uh, Number two daughter was getting married in a few months, so I said, you know, I'm gonna have, I'll take that car, clean it up, use it for the wedding. And uh, he shipped it out to me from Massachusetts, and my gosh, when this thing came here, we literally had to push it off the, the truck. The, the engine had been cannibalized, the paint was all crazed, the convertible top was shredded, the interior was all torn apart. It was a piece of junk. It wasn't worth anything. I would have had to pay someone to haul it away. So needless to say, I couldn't use it for my daughter's wedding. Uh, the car sat in the garage for a while. I'm looking at it. And I thought this car has potential to be something. So, with help from my friends and some other professionals, we did a complete frame off restoration, put it on a rotisserie, and I did a lot of the work myself. Uh, we converted this car to look like a 1932 Duesenberg Model J. Yeah, it de- definitely looks like that. It's yeah, but I had no idea that when you got it, it was in such bad condition because I've always known it as. Pretty nice looking car. Yes. Well, it took several years to restore um, <clears throat> and, and to convert to what it is. So I call it my Duesenberg tribute because it's a tribute to the Duesenbergs. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's what we say back east. Oh, she's a looker. <laughs> People instantly see this car. They smile. As you drive down the street, they wave. Um, they want to stop and talk to you about it. 
And I, I call it a chick magnet because it attracts the females. But unfortunately, most <laughs> of the females are always 70 years old. <laughs> They'll say, hey, I, my dad or my uncle had a car just like this when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, probably safer. Now, you've been married for a long time, right? Yeah, 37 years. <laughs> yeah, same, well, same as me. We're both on the same track. So, yeah, best to be careful of those chick magnet cars. That's for sure. But <laughs> but I, I, I do want to tell you a story about that car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, down here in Olympia, which is state capital. A couple of years ago, we had a 4th of July parade, and I think the theme of the parade was patriotism or something. So my wife and I took the car, you know, put some American flags off the rear bumper. My wife and I dressed up from the 30s. And on the driver's door, I had a sign put on that said, uh, vote Herbert Hoover for president. Chicken in every pot, car in every garage. And on her door, it said, Franklin D. Roosevelt for president. Happy days to hear again. So we're driving down the parade route, and I'm smoking the big cigar, and I got, I got my top hat on, and I'm yelling, vote Hoover, and she's yelling, vote Franklin. And I look off to the side, and I see this elderly gentleman. I go, sir, vote Hoover for president. He stands up, and he goes, I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. I love it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be your car psychologist today, crawl into your head, Cap. Okay. If you were manifest as a vehicle, what would Cap Caputo be? More importantly, why? Ah, uh, Okay. That is a really good question. And uh, I'm going to say a Duesenberg. I'm going I'm to tell you why. And I don't want to come across as arrogant, but uh, I, I think I kind of reflect the Duesenberg mentality. The Duesenbergs were probably the most expensive, luxurious, and at, at one time, the fastest car was made, if, if not the biggest. And so much went into making, so much engineering went into making those engines. The big green blocks. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, Fred and August Duesenberg, uh, they were self-taught engineers. They, they started out building race engine, racing motors, and they uh, during World War One, they caught the tail end of it, and they started making um, airplane engines. And then they got into uh, engines for racing boats. <clears throat> so they, even though they were self-taught, they were uneducated, they knew how to do it, and they were very good at that. So they branched off into the luxury car market, and uh, they did okay for a while, but a lot of time, energy, engineering went into making the powertrain and the chassis for those vehicles. Now, back then, what was really common practice was uh, you would buy a Duesenberg, but you get to choose a coach builder right. to build a body. Uh, whether it could be a Murphy, a LeBaron, Bonheim, the different coach builders. And the, the owner could even help design it. So they would ship the engine, the, the chassis to someplace else. The coach builder would build the body that you wanted. So again, more detail, more people were involved in making this a lot, a lot of energy, time, um, resources were constructing this luxury vehicle that was eventually delivered to the customer. I think I'm, I'm, I'm like that. I'm re really a reflection of all the input people have put into me and in all throughout the years. Uh, a lot of time, a lot of hands on, a lot of talking, a lot of teaching, instruction, rebuking, reproving. A lot of the same thing that went into these cars went into me. And so I'm a reflection of everybody that, I'm, that I've come in contact with. And so when I deal with a customer, they're getting more than just me. Nice. All the history. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Nicely said. I love it. Now, how about, a, how about a book that you've read that you've really enjoyed? Is there a book you could share with our listeners today? Oh, oh man, yes. Oh, definitely. Well, first of all, 
Yeah, the book of Proverbs in the Bible. What a great way to run a business and, and, and relate to people. But now having said that, there are there are two books that I absolutely love. The first one is I had it right in front of me here. Go Givers Sell More by Bob Berg and John Mann. It it blew my mind. Most people have a concept of sales as you gotta twist somebody's arm to get what you want. Well, in the old English root word for sale, literally means to give. Mm. So we're, from the outset, the authors are totally challenging the concept of sales. Sales isn't about what you get. It's about what you give to people. Uh, it, it's not just a way to make a living. It's a way to make a life, a lifestyle. You give to people. You find out what's valuable to them, and you provide it for them. Not being concerned about what you're going to get. Because if you're seeking to prosper others, they will not let you fail. They cannot afford to let you fail. So I highly recommend that book. The the first one, uh, the second one, I'm sorry, really, it challenged my mental thinking uh, and my my even my worldview. It, and don't let the title fool you. It's a book by a gentleman named um, Paul Zane Pilzer, and it's called God Wants You to Be Rich. Now, it's not a book about religion. It's a book about economic theory. And this is probably the easiest way to explain it. His premise is, is wealth is created. Now, my parents, uh, and may, maybe even yours, they grew up as children through the Great Depression. So they adopted an economic belief system, a worldview based on scarcity. You, you work hard, you save your money for the future. There's a limited supply of wealth. There's only so many slices in the pie, and you're going to fight and get you to get your share of it. Well, his idea is that wealth really is transitory. It's, it's um, at one time what was valuable to people was whale oil. And lately, the last 20 years, we, we've seen it shift front to um, silica for computer chips, especially in today's current condition where they can't get enough chips for the vehicles. Right. Yeah. Uh, not, well, so the basis is. What's really important is the supply of silica. And prior to that, it was oil, um, the Rockefellers. At one point, the Dutch said it was tulip bulbs. Yes, I mean, that's right. <laughs> you know, it's a mystery. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, but see, his whole premise is wealth is created. You learn how to serve customers. You bring value to customers. Mm-hmm. You will get what you need and, and even more than that. So those are the two books I highly recommend. Awesome books. Great recommendations. I'm going to take you on the ultimate drive before I let you go today, Cap. That means I can arrange for you to be in any vehicle with any person, living or deceased, and you can drive anywhere you want. What does that ultimate drive look like for you? Oh, that's a fun question. I am going to go back to being in a Duesenberg. I'll tell you who I want to be with. Gary Cooper in his 1935 SSJ. What a car uh, and what an actor, what a person. Uh, for those listeners who are not familiar with Gary Cooper, uh, an actor that successfully made the transition from the silent screen to talkies. He won two Emmys or Oscars, one for his role in um, uh, Sergeant York and the other for High Noon. Uh, he, he played uh, an array of leading roles, whether it was Romancer or, or, or the Westerner. And he was a very humble man. He didn't succumb to all the... Uh, 
the glory and the scandal surrounding Hollywood actors that you see today. And I, I would love to drive his car. I'd love to have him teach me how to drive his car. And then I would ask him, you know, can I drive your car? And, and what is it? What was it like growing up as a, a rancher in Montana, uh, becoming a Hollywood star, leading ladies loved, and but being able to stay so humble and just re remain true to yourself? That that would be my fantasy. That would be fun. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. And in that vehicle, too. I think that vehicle just recently sold. Um I have to go back. I might be thinking of a different Gary Cooper car, but uh, yeah, he's had some pretty cool cars. He had the the wealth when he became famous, of course, in Hollywood and a lot of those Hollywood stars back in the day had some pretty special, unique yes. vehicles that they yes. drove. So unique answer to that question, which I'm not surprised. You've taken us on a very smiling, fun <laughs> journey today, Cap, and I'm really excited to, to help you see where this next part of your life goes to. It's exciting to introduce you to people because I always feel good about introducing people i feel special about two people who i feel special about so that's very cool before i let you go though i want you to share maybe one parting piece of wisdom or guidance that our listeners might learn or glean a little bit of positivity from. Uh, yeah th th this was a uh, use a phrase the mantra that I, I i've adopted actually it's several of them but you know one is live to give and you'll never go without uh but another one is I'll share with you and your listeners. It's a secret, but you have to promise to tell everybody. Okay. <laughs> promise to tell the secret. <laughs> the secret of the universe is you get what you say. Mm. Okay. Elaborate, please. If, uh, if you go around like uh, pig pen on the old, uh, Charlie Brown show. Charlie Brown shows this cloud of dirt's always following you. The cloud of Damocles, the sword of Damocles is hanging over your head. Right. That's what you're going to get. That's what you're going to attract. Yep. But if, if, if your speech, which is very powerful, it, it creates realities for people, whether mm -hmm. it's a form of encouragement or, or something else. Um, it, you create a whole world for yourself by, by what you say. And I'm not saying name it and claim it. But you, you, you create the world around you by your speech, by your attitude. So and I wish everybody knew that. Yeah, sadly, they don't. And especially when you get into social media these days, a lot of people put things out there that you just kind of go, whoa. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, and we've all had friends like that that are always Debbie Downers. Uh, I'll call them that. Uh, people <laughs> that are, you know, just kind of always focusing on the negative and not right. the positive. So, uh, yeah, you get what you say. Kind of goes back to that book, Think and Grow Rich. Yes, that's true. That whole concept of uh, you are what you think, you are what you focus on. Uh, so you get what you say. Promise to tell everyone Cap's secret. <laughs> there you go. How can people get a hold of you, Cap, if they want to reach out to you and talk to you about maybe some potential uh, career opportunities? Oh, oh, thank you for this opportunity. I'm, I'll recite my phone number if that's okay. There you go. It's 360-515-1100. Uh, and they can reach me through my email, which is Cap. I'll spell it out for you. C A P. One zero, the number is one zero. Yep. I N W A at gmail.com. So okay. you read it as cap10inwa at gmail.com. That's how they can get a hold of me. 
There you go. I'll make sure I put those links on Cap's show notes page. It'll be the only Cap Caputo that you'll see. <laughs> now, I remember when I first met you, I thought, is this guy from Hawaii or something? Caputo. <laughs> Sounds like you should be an outrigger canoe. Where does that Where does that last name come from? It's of Italian descent. Ah. Uh, I am second generation Italian. My grandparents were born there. And uh, it literally means in Italian, head, capo. Capo. Oh, the cap. Yeah. Okay. There you yeah. go. I love it. Very. I see. I learned something about you that I didn't know, and I've known <laughs> you for decades. So there you go. That's a great thing about listening and asking great questions, right? That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Well, Cap, I want to thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise, your energy. No doubt you inspired some people today. I can't wait to see where your next career path takes you, the next fork in the road that you head down. No doubt it'll be something exciting and something that you're very passionate about and something you'll be very good at as well. My only worry now is what happens when I scuff my car? Who the heck am I going to call? But I think you might have some good references for me. You said your son is in the business, right? Yeah, there you go. All right. Thank you, Mark, for this opportunity. And I would love to come back on and so we we can chronicle my journey because I am on a journey. Yes, you are. And if that helps your other listeners, man, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. I think it sounds like a plan. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.